0: You are listening to the sermons of Mission Hills United Methodist Church. We are a reconciling congregation in San Diego, California, who believes in loving God by loving all, connecting faith and community through worship and serving others. To find out more about our worship community, visit us at our website at missionhillsumc.org. Thanks for listening. Today's scripture comes from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw the others standing idle in the marketplace and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. The word of God for God's people. Thanks be to God. I had an interesting conversation with a friend this week and they asked me this this very interesting question. They asked if I think in pictures or in words. I'd be curious to know from from y'all, which one are you? Do you think in pictures or words? I am um, definitely a words person. I definitely think in words, and so it's tough sometimes for me to think of visual things like sermon illustrations, and so I often ask others for help in that. In preparing for today's message, I asked my sister Allie for a time when we were treated differently, and one of us got mad or upset, but there was a reason that we got different treatment. Now, I couldn't make up her response to that if I tried. This is the exact quote of what she said. Mom and dad would make you a plate of melted cheese, but they wouldn't make me one because I was lactose intolerant. I was mad about that. It seems fitting that we start our Back to Sunday School series with a story about melted cheese, right? In all seriousness, though, today we're confronted with a story that is anything but simple. This story, it tells us so much about Christ's message for the world. It's a story about equality, a story about fair labor, a story about control, a story about being appreciative for what we have. And it's a story about grace, or at least it could be. So here is this story, this parable about a landowner who needs help with his land, his vineyard. He goes out and looks for people who could do the work. And he found a group of laborers and he tells them how much he would pay them. They agree and then they get to work. Now it says that the landowner went out again a few hours later and he found people who were looking for work again and again and again and again. And the landowner did the same thing. He set the rate, they agreed, and then they went to work. This continued three more times at noon, at 3 p.m., and again at 5 p.m. The day came to a close, and and all of those who were working, all the laborers, were called in by the manager. They were there to collect their pay. Their Uh, The manager started with those who were working at 5 p.m. and paid them their rate and then continued uh, in reverse order, starting uh, going for the the 3 p.m. group and then the noon group and the last got paid first. Those who were there first in the morning watched as each group received the same payment no matter when they began working. When everyone was paid, the ones who were there first threw a little bit of a fit. They were mad because they had been working since 7 or so in the morning, and some people were only there for an hour, and they got the same amount of money. The landowner replies to them and essentially tells them to stop whining. He says this, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Jesus tells this parable to the disciples, and we wonder why, right? Without context, we might be asking what brought Jesus to this conclusion to tell this story in particular. Something I think we often miss about this story because we rush into it is the first seven words of it For the kingdom of heaven is like. The first seven words of this passage. When we hear this phrase, it's a way of saying, this is how things can and should be. It's an urge to grow, to make things better, to imagine a world with less hate or shame or pain or harm. Right now, we live in a wage-based system especially in our country where we have what society says we have earned and not a penny more. We live in a society that says you get what you work for. You have to earn whatever you receive. And in that society model, rules have space, but grace does not. The wage-based system we live in is not the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't leave room for grace. Grace is a gift from God and it can be defined as the undeserved, unmerited, and loving action of God in human existence throughout through the ever-present Holy Spirit. The undeserved, unmerited, and loving action of God in human existence through the ever-present Holy Spirit. In this definition, our society functions almost as the total opposite of grace, as it places value only in what is deemed deserved and merited. And even deserved and merited are words that apply only to those who are privileged. If you've been anywhere near a newspaper or a news outlet or a social media, you know that there is much to lament about these days. COVID-19 numbers rise in our country because we simply aren't getting it. We're not understanding the seriousness. Our transgender siblings are being told by the leader of this country that their worth is not as important as the worth of cisgender people. DACA recipients and migrants in general were again told by the president that they would not be allowed to stay in the country they were born into or the country they came to in order to seek a better life for their families. And of course, we still are witness to Black lives being ended, Black bodies being shot and killed by law enforcement without repercussion or remorse. How is any of that fair? The truth is, grace is not something that will automatically show up in the world we live in. And neither will fairness. Instead, we have to demand that it shows up, and often we need to do it ourselves. We as people of faith are tasked with making sure that being treated fairly has nothing to do with what is deemed deserved and merited. Are there situations you can think of in your life where grace won? Where have you seen people show up or speak out for grace over rules? Whether we want to admit it or not, privilege, unfortunately, has so much to do with the ways we are treated, the amount of times we are given grace in many of the situations we have named. There's an image that sticks out to me as an example of that. There's these, these three pictures side by side, and these people are looking over a fence. Um, or rather, there is uh, there is a fence, and on the other side of that fence, there's a baseball game going on. The, the first picture is um, equality, is the caption. And there are three boxes that are of equal, uh, equal height and then three people of various heights. And so the biggest one, when he's standing on the box, can see over the fence. The next one can barely peek over it, and then the smallest one um, can't see over the fence. Equality is how our wage-slash-law-based system is supposed to work, where people work for what they have, and those who work 10 hours are all paid the same for those hours that they work, right? The next box, uh, the caption is equity. And so each person it can see over the fence the same amount. But the the biggest person, the tallest person, doesn't need a box in order to see over the fence. The next person has one box so they can see over the fence. And then the last person, the shortest one, has two boxes so they can see over the fence. Equity is the system that we read about today in our scripture where grace wins over rules because there's an acknowledgement that each person has unique needs and interests. And then the last picture, the caption is reality. In this picture, the tallest person has one, two, three, four, five, six, looks like seven boxes stacked on top of each other and they can already see over the fence, remember? But They have seven boxes stacked on top of each other and they're standing at the top. And then the next person, the medium height person has one box so they can barely see over the fence. And then the smallest person, the person with the least amount of height is standing in a hole underneath the ground. So of course they still can't see over the fence. The last picture, the reality, illustrates that those who have more privilege are given much more. And those with less privilege, they start from square one or even lower than square one. And then they're expected to dig themselves out of a society created whole with ease. Our system is broken, friends, and we've been able to see that in the last two weeks especially as the sins of racism and police brutality continue to be a reality, among other things. The first step in turning that around, in opening spaces of grace, is recognizing the discrepancy between the story we're being told by authority figures in power and the reality that we can see from the ground. In other words, we need to be able to see our own privileges and non-privileges. I found this exercise the other day, and I think it's a helpful one in just scratching the surface to see where we are at as individuals. It's called 10 Fingers White Privilege Edition. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you who are listening to hold up 10 fingers, and then I'll read some statements. And if they apply to you, you'll put a finger down. So go ahead and hold up those fingers. Put a finger down if you have ever been called a racial slur. Put a finger down if you've been followed in a store unnecessarily. Put a finger down if someone has crossed the street in order to avoid passing you. Put a finger down if you've had someone clench their purse in an elevator with you. Put a finger down if you've had someone step off an elevator to keep from riding with you. Put a finger down if you've been accused of not being able to afford something expensive. Put a finger down if you've had fear in your heart when being stopped by the police. Put a finger down if you've never been given a pass on a citation you deserved. Put a finger down if you have been stopped or detained by police for no valid reason. Put a finger down if you've been bullied solely because of your race. Put a finger down if you've been denied service solely because of the color of your skin. Put a finger down if you've ever had to teach your children how not to get killed by the police. The fingers that are left represent your privilege. Now, this exercise, like I said, it only scratches the surface and it just represents one facet of privilege. But it's somewhere for us to start. Without the interrogation of our own place in the world, we aren't able to fully know where we stand. We as Christians are tasked to create the kingdom of heaven on earth, which means striving for equity, striving for grace wherever we can. It means we, like the landowner, are tasked to understand that fair is not always equal, that the needs of some may be greater. Than the needs of others. Friends, may we be the church now more than ever, offering grace to all people, grace in our service, grace through our prayers, and grace through our social actions. May we honor the parable of Jesus, always sensing the spaces for us to grow from the wage based system into the kingdom of heaven model. And may we continue radiating the love of God through our words and our works, loving our neighbors well, now and always. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Be sure to follow us on our social medias and check out our website for more information on what goes on in this faith community. Have a wonderful day and know that you are loved.